Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Yo, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, folks, welcome to The Bizzle's commentary for Marvel Daredevil Season 2. As of re- uh, release of this, it is mere days until Season 3 comes out. I managed to get uh, a re- not only a re-release from my JJ commentary from a few years ago, being super uh, successful thanks to you guys, but I got all eight Defenders episodes done and was very happy both with how I did and with how much you guys seem to like them and download them. So thank you. I had a blast doing Defenders. Now, it's just a matter of leading up to Season 3 if I was going to try and do Iron Fist Season 2, which literally just came out, um, which I enjoyed way more than I thought. And I've seen all the Iron Fist now and I'm actually a fan, which maybe we'll get to. Um, then there is the... Uh, uh, the temptation to do the Punisher, which was something I'd put off a very long time, and, and we're going to talk a ton about the Punisher, obviously, here in Daredevil Season 2. Um, it was a series, because I just figured it was going to be guns, 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 because that's the Punisher, and I wasn't that interested um, <clears throat> in doing it. Oh, here's the gunshots. Every good comic book season uh, that's not the origin story season, in my opinion, unless it's a direct lead-in from the previous one, should start like this. It's fighting crime. See it in, I think, beginning of JJ season two. We see it at the beginning of Iron Fist season two. You know, the nighttime raid, whatever, on the truck, blah, 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 blah. Um, but uh, I was like, you know what? The big event. I mean, I think everyone's very much very happy from the producers and the money people to us actual watchers. I think people were overall, I think it's fair to say, much happier, much satisfied with Iron Fist season two than we were expecting to be. And it's, although I was not shocked because I had seen um, uh, season. Um, I, I sorry, I'd seen the potential with Finn Jones and definitely with Finn Jones and Jessica Henwick together in the Defenders. So seeing them work it to you know new levels in the solo show wasn't like the hugest surprise. And this was very different, Daredevil season two, because even though there's certain people who didn't love Daredevil one, and even though there are definitely people who didn't love or just get Jessica Jones season one, which was the first two seasons to come out. Then Luke Cage got sort of a JJ like reception, which you know, sort of critically and from a diverse array of audience was was well liked. Oh shit! Um, but uh, 
Iron Fist is seen as a disaster, and then something about the Iron Fist disaster rubbed off on the Defenders because of how closely they were put together. And Defenders is still seen as like, if not a disaster, then really, really lackluster. And I had to tell you guys on two normal rewatches and then a third rewatch with you guys for the commentary, the Defenders keeps getting better and better, and I liked it from the beginning. So now I've been going in all sorts of weird orders because during the Defenders recordings, I took breaks to rewatch this season to watch. Watch Punisher for the first time, to watch Iron Fist Season 2, and to even go back and watch, and watch Iron Fist Season 1. I think I've watched most of four entire Marvel seasons during those eight recordings of those eight episodes, because I took days off in between, because I kept wanting to be like, oh, I want to explore this character more. Oh, shit, Iron Fist 2 just came out. Boom, here we go, baby. So they didn't introduce the costume till the very end of Season 1. Great consternation to some nerds. Um... My counterpoint is, you know, of all the things to wait for, that's a phenomenal thing to wait for, whatever. But now they're, you know, with the posters and with the the teasing and the press and so forth, they're saying, like, he's going back to black in season three. Maybe they think a costume didn't ultimately end up working and looked goofy, even though this is a superhero show. And people like the fact that, I mean, even Iron Fist isn't wearing a costume, which I know is angering fans, but I just, Danny is already so goofy and over the top as, as the immortal Iron Fist. And JJ and Luke Cage also are outsized personalities. It's so much just, it's just such a relief from the movies and the CW that on Netflix, <laughs> other than, uh, um, Matt's somewhat goofy costume, which Jessica, of course, makes fun of a lot, as she should during, um, or appropriately amount of times during the Defenders, uh, that they all sort of wear plain clothes, but they have their look. Like Luke's got his jacket, and, and Kristen Ritter has her scarf, and her jeans, and her, her boots, and, you know, Danny's got his, like, um, you know, a rich boy trying to look like a hippie, which is kind of an annoying look until you get to know me and you realize that I am really a good kid, and, you know, maybe was born into the wrong family, blah, 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 blah. They're also lovable, whether you love the shows or not. And I think what's interesting is that I, even though on paper Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are my favorite of the four, I haven't finished both seasons of those. Uh, like, I have only watched like half of JJ season two and almost none of Luke Cage season two, whereas I've seen Daredevil one and two now twice. This will be my third, I guess, watching it through with you guys here. And um, I've seen... I've even seen Iron Fist season two, and I want to talk some reasons about why I've come back to uh, Marvel Netflix so strongly. A lot of them you can get my Defenders, which I actually, even though this obviously was released well before the Defenders, since they recorded that first, and I've rewatched or watched for the first time a lot of Marvel stuff, um, uh, Marvel Netflix stuff that I hadn't seen, like Iron Fist, since then... Um, like basically, uh, it's like it's like the original Star Wars. I'm recommending that you watch in order of, of recording and release rather than in the shows. But I'll leave that up to you, mostly because I beca- I just came to a lot of great um, uh, understandings of the characters and what they were going for and so forth and appreciations of it during the Defenders and then the rewatches and coming back here. So I leave that to you. Here we are. Walking down the street, Foggy knows the secret, and, you know, the one thing that you knew was going to be annoying in this season was, but it's just because it's in every superhero trope ever, was Foggy and Karen. Even though Foggy knows the whole time, and Karen, spoiler alert, doesn't find out until the very, very, very end of the season, they both 
are constantly trying to get him to not be sketchy, do things at night that get him beat up, and you know, basically just be a normal human being. But what's great about this season is um, because of the full-on introduction of the hand, and then the uh, and then the Electra storyline, which we were definitely going to because I love Elodie Young as Electra. I know there's apparently some nerds who don't like her, although I confirmed that my boys Paul and Tim like Electra, so that's enough for me. Uh, if those guys like Electra, that's that, uh, me and my dad love Electra. Elodie Young, God bless. We'll get to her. But it's not just the romance of Electra that that steers things in a crazy way this season, but what she represents in terms of the hand and the black sky and things that we find out. Um, during the defenders, he doesn't have a choice. It, 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 you know, he is mostly just beating up thugs in season one until he finds the ultimate thug of thugs, uh, even Tanafrio, who's amazing as uh, Wilson Fisk or the Kingpin. Um, but then at the end, of course, it, leading up to the very beginning of this episode, which I've been talking mostly through to set everything up, he's again back to being your friendly, not so friendly neighborhood crime fighter. Um, and even though the war with the hand gets lit like a bonfire pretty strongly in this season and then is a is a full-on inferno world-ending volcano type scenario in the defenders foggy continues to try and convince matt to not get involved but the problem is the, the, the circumstances do get worse and worse and so matt has the moral high ground of saying like i literally can't say no to this or you will die and all my friends will die but it does provide an excuse for him to keep hurting people as he says and, and keep being that other person being the devil of kitchen the anger the in the hatred anger and hatred inside of him yes brace your anger let me cross my heart <laughs> yep what did he just swear on he probably swore he wasn't gonna do any crime fighting which is of course bullshit <laughs> nelson and murdoch so What's cool is they almost lost Nelson and Murdoch in the first season, and they just saved it at the end, where you know they were able to bring together their talents along with Daredevil's talents, obviously orchestrated by Matt Murdoch, since Foggy didn't know till late and Karen doesn't know at all about the secrets, um, and that actually gave them a huge boost for helping to put. Uh, I mean, it made them one of the most sort of elite public defender type um, uh, uh, outfits in the city, putting away someone like Kingpin. Um, of course, it took an epic hand-to-hand battle between the Kingpin and Daredevil to actually get him in the prison, but the legal work was done by these guys. But what's great is the, the, the Frank Castle, the effect that Frank Castle has on all three of these guys in different ways, but all extreme way, in complicated ways, and the trial that they, they all end up doing that none of them really wants to do except for Matt Murdock, who's never there, of course, because he's doing other things related to the trial, it ultimately tears the, this company apart early on in this season, which I thought was a smart move because then we have, I hate to say it because I really got the guy who plays Foggy um, and the guy who plays uh, and uh, Deborah and Wall, Wall who plays Karen uh, really have grown on me a lot over the seasons. But to, to wrap up to my, what I was talking about in the beginning about why two, one of some reasons, some of the reasons why two is better than one is 
when you supplement these two guys with Electra and the Punisher, it just immediately gets more interesting and cooler on pretty much every level. Plus, he's established as the Daredevil, you know, Devil of Hell's Kitchen with the costume. You get right into the storytelling, and then you have a completely different, crazy, insane relationship between him and Elektra and him and the Punisher that don't really cross paths ever, but are both really important to questioning his own soul and other people's souls, and do we have souls, and is it possible to be a good person and, and you know, love something, um, or, or I should say to be not a good person and love something truly, and all these amazing questions are all asked through this season. Um Daredevil season one, I recently rewatched, I think for the first time. I might have seen it once other time before. I really like it, and it's, it's a lot less painful than I remember it. All the Netflix series other than Jessica Jones that I've seen multiple times, I've always remembered them being a little slow and weirdly paced, uh, during my first watching, but then on subsequent watchings, that kind of fades away. There's the, 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 the quantity of, you know, uh, the quantity of quality, let's say, percentage-wise within these shows, for me personally, when I you know put together the fact that a lot of TV dramas are just too much for me, too realistic, and with not enough escapism, but some of the superhero stuff is far too much escapism and like CW and far too campy and corny for, and you know you get sick of the Marvel and DC PG thirteen movies, you want something more adult. The more that this Netflix stuff is really hitting the sweet, uh, Marvel stuff is hitting the sweet spot for me. And Daredevil, I'm going to tell you guys right now, is a bloody motherfucking season. In terms of, like, scenes full of gore and total gore, it might be more than The Punisher, which is very intentional that they wanted The Punisher to be a character study that was very emotional and gripping, but not it, not for the necessarily the reasons we thought, which was just going to be like a giant shootout the whole time, which would have been really off-brand for how they've been presenting the Defenders on screen. If not, certainly not off-brand for many portrayals of uh, Frank Castle in the past. All right, so here it is. This is this is what sets off the entire season. So you know the 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 mysterious. Uh, client who comes traumatized client in the first season is indeed karen that's their first big case and it's because that matt murdoch believes her because you know he uses his superpowers to read her heartbeats that she's not lying that she was framed even though she has no memory of it and then but and that's of course how they became friends and they end up working together but it's that case and that leads to the united alliance case or allied united whatever case is called that sets off the whole wilson fisk arc and this season there isn't a traditional bad guy in the way there is in almost every other season of television and movies of superheroes in the sense of electra and the punisher are both doing horrible things and daredevil and the thing you either like and love or don't like about the season i personally love it but i guess you not liking is most of the season in daredevil trying to stop the punisher and electra from killing mostly bad guys um so basically just punisher stopping other superheroes from doing their thing because he doesn't want the death as opposed to stopping the bad the bad guys but you still need to establish that the gangland stuff is going on. There would be a power vacuum, of course, after Wilson Fisk goes to prison. But the way they bring in Fisk mid-season is so brilliant, you know. And, and, and now that we know that he's the main bad guy, obviously for for Daredevil season three, baby, coming out in a few days, everything makes even way more sense. So this is it. This is the scene that sets up the whole season. There's a shootout here. I I think this does end up being Frank Castle that murders all of these guys, and one guy gets away. 
and find and before he gets killed finds foggy and karen and matt and that gets their interest in castle karen learns early that castle um i mean we're gonna get all this in the show but just to set it out you know karen is obviously one of the first to i I guess the first of the three to start sympathizing for him but but uh charlie cox playing matt murdoch is having actual conversation entire episode one of the best episodes of television ever in my opinion if you're into like breaking bad type shows or the wire where they're just on the roof bloodying each other up and talking you know philosophy and and ethics and daily life and what does it mean to love and family and blah 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 and so he he also so foggy's the only one basically that never sympathizes for castle but even he starts realizing how fucked up it's getting as they try and kill castle in prison and then you know the people are going after the da and they realize that there's dirty military involved and man it sets up the punisher season i mean i'm almost getting to the point where i'm ones you recommend to myself and to others to watch some of these things out of out of order re-watching oh here we go or or just taking time like waiting a while between seeing this season for the first time and seeing punisher for the first time like more than a year was awesome and then to come back to daredevil season two realize how important Bernthal is in this season, but also that the whole ensemble, when you add stick and Madame Gao, and I mean, this is really the defender season one. They maybe should have called it such. They sh- and they should just call all of these, the defenders and have them be crossover team ups. You know, I'm always talking about with, um, my, my contributors, whether they're DC people or Marvel people, boom, look at that massacre right there. All Frank Castle, I think. Someone told me not to watch the first episode of The Punisher season for some reason, but it's great because it's exactly what you'd expect, which is a very low-level episode just showing a day in the life where he has to keep ignoring the urge to murder some really bad guys that he found some stuff out that he works with who are going to do some even worse stuff, and then they get this poor kid killed or almost killed. He doesn't know what he's doing, and so he murders them. We had to see Frank but r- wrestle with the, uh, the, either the inconvenience of it or the pangs of any conscience he might ha- have still left if he's ever had any. Now, what's great about the Punisher character, um, as we'll see in this series and in the Punisher, is that the pangs of conscience we don't know have ever existed. And what makes him isn't that he was like the best dad ever and the best husband ever and he just went to serve abroad and he came back and the family got killed and he's now on a holy vengeance quest like he talks about being not the best husband like i don't think he was abusive but he's not the best husband or father and that torments him greatly throughout especially the punisher series that he you know he doesn't see anything that he's doing as heroic whatsoever he's just he has nothing left other than murdering bad guy, murdering the bad guys who murder his family or or who are of the same elk, which is less than a nihilistic existence, but we do learn in Daredevil season two, which I had forgotten that he does have a form of, um, it's sort of a reverse form of what we see in Memento, where that guy forgot. Th- like every you know 30 minutes or whatever he just forgot what happened the previous 30 minutes but it, but he always remembered what happened before the initial injury which is when him and his wife were attacked and his wife was was raped and killed and that's the last thing he remembers that, well so maybe not the opposite it's similar actually to what to what they say what one of the doctors claims um frank castle the punisher has 
where he can absorb new memories and he's aware that it's happening. So it's not as extreme in that sense. But he is also, that part of his brain, having been shot there, is reliving that moment even more intensely and horribly than a normal person would be. It's probably his amygdala or something like that. Alright, time. Uh, it's been 19 minutes of setup, guys. I'll try and get into the episode here. So, I, when I listened back to my um, JJ Season 1 episode, which, you know, I, I, I did way back in 2015, pretty much right after it came out. That's how much I loved it. But Daredevil, of course, I had seen it at that point and I liked. I talked about how it seemed inevitable that Claire Temple and Matt Murdock would get together. They're romantic in the first season. They've got great chemistry. I didn't know about Elektra at that point. And I thought, you know, obviously Jessica Jones, whoop, here we go. The reverse of the usual man woman thing with the billiards balls. Uh, she's putting on the, she's putting on the feels, putting on the touches. She's the beauty. Is she, she's really grown on me. I don't know if my, her, my dad never loved her. I never loved her initially. Karen's really grown on me through this season, especially with the Punisher. I'm not sure what my dad thinks at this point. She's certainly a talented actress. He knows what she's doing. Foggy, foggy's sick to his stomach. I forgot how Liddy, I mean, Foggy never really tries to make a move at all on Karen in the first season. It's super classy. He keeps making jokes about them going out on dates, but he mostly just wants to be friends and makes her feel com- comfortable. Like, that's the thing. That's what makes Foggy cool against stereotype is like, he's not like, oh, she's way out of my league, but because she's vulnerable and I'm cool, like, I'm going to try and go after her and then she's going to reject me for the better looking guy, which would be fine. And we see 99% of shows in real life. But instead, you know, he keeps making jokes about them because they keep hanging out after hours first season and Matt's off, you know, being daredevil. So he makes jokes about them being, you know, going out on dates. But he's almost immediately hitting up the the blonde uh, pencil skirt chick, as as Kara calls her, uh, Marcy, who's fantastic for information from their rival firm. You know, he's like exactly the last type of hot chick who you think would like him, not because she's hot, but just because she's so high strung and you know career oriented and you know money and clothes obsessed which exe is exactly why she would like someone who's exactly the opposite who's just a good guy like foggy she doesn't have to worry about um and i think they they clearly have good sex which is on, with high, high on her list of priorities yeah um but uh anyways watching this back and then the defenders and then what we ended up seeing happen with claire temple just being straight up luke cage's girlfriend like i think still i don't know what's going on in luke cage season two Uh, you guys will fill in the blanks there it seems like i thought for sure they were going to kill claire temple and the i think everyone did in the defenders just because it seemed like they were setting her up as the one to unite like the phil colson character to to kill to unite the unite the clans, to unite the team, the team, but also to clear the way, you know, sadly or, or not sadly, depending on your perspective, for Jessica Jones and Luke Cage getting together because they are a classic couple that has been together in the comic books for a very long time in terms of comic book time, lore time. Uh, you know, Jessica Jones Cage is her official name on on Wikipedia, so so yeah, and so I. I <laughs> 
And then, of course, as soon as you see the, like, when I say insane, I'm not, like, using it as a normal, like, oh, my God, that's insanely cool. I'm saying insane, like, mentally insane, like, mental. I just start, I'm just going to use the word mental. It's a great Britishism. The mental relationship between fucking Elektra and uh, Matt Murdock right off the bat and their sexual and physical chemistry uh, uh, immediately makes you realize there's zero hope for the Karen relationship. And it sucks that he kind of strings her along for the typical, I don't want to hurt you. So I'm not going to tell you the truth thing. And you know what? It makes you appreciate characters like Karen who are given these very tough roles that could be seen as very stereotypical for female characters and shows like this and make a lot out of it. Because her independent investigation of Frank and her decision to leave these dumbasses and work for the newspaper, which she's much better suited for, uh, even though she's a dumbass and takes too many, way too many risks, you know, as they will keep telling her, and she deserves a little bit of slap on the wrist with how dumb she is, like breaking into Frank's house. Nevertheless, her sort of independent investigation of Frank gives, and just what how she conducts her life is traumatizing as many scenes over the life of, of said life are, uh, gives her tons of agency in this season where otherwise you might not see it. And uh, as I've been saying on my other commentaries, I'll keep saying her four or so episodes of the 12 or 13 Punisher episodes feel like almost 12 twice that and i mean that only in the best ways possible like her presence is so important to the middle into middle end of punisher season that she's able to hit with a really 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 high batting average as we say in baseball you know she's getting lots of singles stealing bases running from from first to third and second to home on i mean she's just playing you know great defense in the field just a great utility guy off the bench who basically I feel like I feel like Karen's character, she was like born on third, you know, she was born as a starter for two seasons, but it wasn't until she was a utility player that she really d- earned her place as a starter again, as we'll see in Daredevil season three. Whoop, there he goes on the ground. This is all very sloppy staging early on. We're just a weird t- timing and staging. Uh, uh, even the massacre scene in this it takes a little while for everything to get Ew, what is that? Oh, man, they're looking right into his chest cavity. Jesus fucking Christ. So we knew that this, the cops were dirty with with Wilson Fisk at, at one point. We learn, of, you know, big time, we, we start learning here about the DA's office and parts of the police force are very corrupt and connected to dirty military assets as well, which is the Frank Castle connection, which we learn way more of in The Punisher, obviously. So, this is the only clean guy in the department. He always gets annoyed because they're always sending him up for information, but they're the only good guys out there. Right. Does he? Right. He's pretty nice to them. I mean, they 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 deliver Wilson Fisk to this guy's lap at the end of season one. Uh, so they he must just be getting annoyed with them in the interim time period. You know, they wait too long between these shows, so we to build in some time, I suppose. Um, like they've been hitting him up on a weekly basis, and he's just getting annoyed about it because he really helps them out, and of course. 
Foggy, as well as Daredevil himself, will help him out big time in this season and get him a giant promotion. Against all odds, whether you like Foggy or not, in some like middle of the season, he you know finally says out loud. He goes, "You know what? I am a damn fucking good lawyer." And the fact that they build his character to a point where you're like, "Yeah, he this guy's kind of weird and talks too much and in a weird way, but he is kind of a damn good lawyer in the right situation." And that's why the ladies are attracted to him. It's over 100 degrees out here tonight, Sergeant. Why would an Irish mobster wear body armor to a private meeting inside his own club? Great call. Yep. This is the problem is Daredevil and Foggy, I should say Matt Murdock and Foggy are also the better, best investigators. They should be working for the cops, not for the, not for lawyerly things. They should be, the, you know, detectives. Yeah. Lot, there's a lot more heat on Brett now because he's like a district commander or whatever about giving out information. You, of course, need this character. You know, it's like Freeman in his brief appearance, tragic appearance of Jessica Jones. You need that, like, annoyed cop. Usually black, usually old, in this case, young, but, you know, like a person of color is just annoyed by, like, white boy investigators constantly bugging them for questions. Right, Don Thomas thinks we got new players in Hell's Kitchen. Ah, uh, Paramount type. type. Alright, so for a while they think Frank Castle's dead and he's an army. It turns out he's alive and he's just a guy. No, not fun of the Irish. Where am I going to put this asshole? <laughs> uh you know, I mean, Jerry Seinfeld talks about this with all com- the his comedian buddies because they're all from the Northeast in one way or the other, Boston, New York State, New York City, Philly, or the Midwest. He, he called me friend. They really toned down Foggy's writing. He's much funnier and much more likable in that season two, and it shows you that he flourishes with better writing, as does Karen, uh, um, which I've already said, uh, so I'll hold off for now uh, just to, to restate that, because I want people to watch for that as we watch through it. About I do think if you watch one and two back-to-back, it's not that their acting ability is suddenly get better. It's clearly just a writing adjustment, everyone feeling more comfortable in their, uh, in their role. But uh, New York is just funny. I mean, the misery in New York is just hilarious. You're an asshole. Right, at least I can do his help. So, you know, important to establish that Foggy has his own connections, especially here in Season 2 with some experience. And Foggy's the real hero early on uh, of this because Matt gets fucked up so badly by the Punisher and Elektra. You know, the, the whole case hinges on Foggy stepping up his game. All right, so here's the guy in the hospital. He, of course, as I said, is sort of the Karen of this first season. Uh, I'm sorry, the first part of the second season. So it's fitting that she would be here knowing how dangerous the situation is, trying to protect him. This, of course, doesn't go well. Bad guys always want to run, even when it's a stupid idea. That's just how it is. 
she's come up with an entire story about the bar fight, her being the wife. I mean, Karen really comes into her own. I'm really excited to see where she goes in Daredevil Season 3, which I'm watching tonight with Papa Bizzle, baby. Hot Irish temper and all. Yeah. He does. He should completely accept her trust. Nurse cried when I told her that part, by the way. Does he buy into this or does he just run? It's a nice story, doll, says he. Yeah. She does have the balls is the thing. Although, not yet. I, I guess that's sort of her V for Vendetta-esque training by the Punisher, which I never thought about until just now. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Now what? So she keeps him there for now. Oh, is this the guy from season one? Yes. He manages to survive he manages to survive season one, even though he's helping Fisk by ratting out the right people at the right time. But this is not going to go well for him or anyone. He's a great YRS character actor, this uh, African-American gentleman. All the side characters, for the most part, in the Defenders are excellently well cast. Oh, here we go. Oh, is this the first time the Punisher and Daredevil? Here we go. Punisher's taking him, or Daredevil's taking him down. But I think the Punisher comes in and just starts murdering people. Is that what happens? (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're talking again, these two. Is he going to smack them? They've worked before by necessity with each other. Mm-hmm. I'm fresh out of sympathy cards. Does he just bash this guy's face in? There's a talk about an army in town, military-grade firepower. Yep, that's just Frank Castle, baby. This actor's name is Rob Morgan, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. What is cool about Daredevil not having super strength is that he has full control over how much pain he produces and induces. Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, they can't even control it sometimes. Obviously, the Iron Fist. So, you know, on repeat watchings, the bizarreness and lack of connectivity of all this early part of the first episode... And first watching it, like, what the fuck is going on? But then by the time Punisher and Electra come through, it all starts to make sense. And you realize there's no, there's no, the only, the, the bad guy is the devil in Daredevil season two is the brilliant thing. It's the devil in him, the devil in the Punisher, and the, just the devil of the people in Hell's Kitchen who are causing terrible things. This is about to get really loud, I think. Let a brother go. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Come on, D. Yeah, right. He's about to get shot. I missed Hell's Kitchen. Daredevil had some great weapons, including the chain link thing. Oh, did he throw his keys away? And Daredevil finds himself having to defend bad guys as Batman does. And one thing I've never really talked a lot about is that Daredevil is is clearly Marvel's interpretation, but is much cooler than Bruce Wayne in a lot of ways. He's not rich. He's a lawyer. He's directly confronted on both sides of the law. This is great. This was the scene we... 
I'm not saying we need it in season one, but this was the scene. If we're, we're going to fully buy Foggy in season two, other than the better writing, we needed him to pull a stupid ass stunt here of trying to ask information from all the wrong people and about to get himself killed. And it's only because as he's squealing for his life, he admits he saved someone they care about. They let him go. But this is like uh, this is like Allison and Donnie in Orphan Black, you know, getting involved in the drug trade, and then of course Helena, murderous Helena, has to come in to save save them. John Bernthal is credited in this episode. Um, I don't think Elodie Young is. Does she come in two or uh, two or three? All these episodes have insanely high ratings online, obviously. I think Elodion comes in th- in three. I'm going to turn this down because the music and everything is getting super loud. Uh, uh, no? Episode four? Yeah, not till episode four. Okay. So we get a lot of Punisher t- setup time, which is what we want. This episode is called Bang, by the way. It's also that Foggy's not a coward. I mean, he doesn't want to die and he gets scared, but he's really desperate to to do something right, to do something good, to do his job. The fact that he's so unthreatening, obviously, physically, actually helps his chances for the most part in these situations. Although sometimes when bad guys smell fear and weakness, it leads to another excuse for murder. Different career paths, he says. Yeah, I'm not a cop, okay? Never want to say those words to Feige. I'm a lawyer, right? Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of bad guys being bad guys. The combination of the green with the red, though, throughout Daredevil is an excellent uh, color match because it's a, it's a greenish yellow that's not sort of the Matrix green, and I think that's that's an important contrast. Where are they right now? Someone's yelling on the television. We're in a butcher shop. There's nobody here. Um. Hmm. What is Yoko? Here's Daredevil. Oh, I'm definitely going to get like a a Daredevil uh, music to put ahead of these episodes. What is he looking for? Oh, he's discovering the huge military cash. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. God help us. Did my boy with the guitar cover this? I don't think so. I'll get back to you on that. So, you know, I've often talked about the length of these episodes. Um, being in sort of the 48 to 50 minute mark, which Breaking Bad sort of pioneered with the shorter commercial breaks on, on, um, 
on AMC, and uh, it's hard to deny that it's a it's a great length. Usually, if it's stuff I want to cut, it's episodes like episode two and four of JJ could probably have gone or been merged with others. It's rarely like whole scenes or or any scenes in the in the good episodes. And here's the thing, guys. You know JJ season one is my steez, but in terms of consistency of build-up from beginning to end, Daredevil is as good or better. Jessica Jones from the mid to the end is fantastic with Kilgrave, but it does take a while to get going for the average viewer. Oh, here's everyone sliced up like meat. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I better turn down the volume. I know it's coming. Do I have the subtitles on? No. Oh, I do. Sometimes they stay on, sometimes they don't. Oh, here's the guy. There's the guy. Oh, boy. Wow. This is bad. And also, is a good place for a fight. Ooh, acapella cover. Hello. Oh, hello. Oh, pulling him off the hook. Oh, this is just... This is just fucking brutal. I just wanted to help people. Oh, Foggy. Oh, Foggy Bear. I love this lady. Calls him Foggy Bear. Right, a couple years ago, I helped a guy named Foster. He was a biker. Ricky Wex. Pope. Right, he actually's helped a lot of these guys. The VA said that his injuries weren't sustained during battle, but they were. They didn't manifest themselves for 20 years. He's giving them all the details, so he can't be making this up. We got his operation sorted. And then a couple months later, he was back on his Harley. Yeah. Right, it's not my business. I'm just trying to... Yeah, you help Pope. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. That's the best he's going to get. Yeah. <laughs> really? You sure you don't want to kill me? Is he asking for another favor? What happened to Smitty? Oh, no. Now he's going to fucking kill him. <laughs> he won't give up. Foggy is so brave. I, I, I'm really in on him at this point. This was This was key for me as a watcher. You don't seem like the most sentimental guy. You're still listening. Right. Right. He would be dead already. I have to believe that right now. Maybe we're on the same side. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. You got guts, Harvard. I'll give you that. Oh, God. Columbia. Fucking idiot. You fucking idiot. Uh. Yep. Where is this leading to? It's the Frank Castle connection. Is this guy going to unload about Castle? He's going to say it wasn't an army. It was a guy. Smitty was on the run. I-90 with four brothers transporting a big score. Yeah, hit by goddamn army. Cut to pieces. Like a roadkill. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 
totally won. Foggy won idiots zero. Easily. Easily. Please don't ask any more questions and get the hell out of here, Foggy. Come on. Oh, man. As we get to the, the, the body zombies and the dark sky stuff. So the body zombies mid-season, which leads to Rosario almost dying and her friend dying, and it was never clear to me, so I'll have to pay attention to that. But having watched this as I was watching The Defenders, the Black Sky stuff with Electra and Stick and so forth makes way more sense. Who did this? No one escapes this. As here it comes the bullets. Something's coming. Something's coming. I'm turning it down the volume. He's gagging. Yeah. This doesn't even really add up on repeat watchings, but they're trying to disorient us into a whole new storyline, and so they're just throwing too many balls in play. Him. It's one man, right? Oh, this is the Frank Castle reveal. Here we go, baby! Punish Mint and Root. <laughs> Severe punishment and Root. Oh, John Bernthal. Guys, I was I love this actor. I was so pumped about this casting. The reason I waited so long on The Punisher was I didn't want guns, 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 guns. With our gun culture, it ends up being one of the best shows on TV is The Punisher. And Bernthal is a spectacular, super serious method actor. So this is the thing is he only kills bad guys, but he... He, he almost kills Karen here a whole bunch, and then he explains it away later. And it's a little... It's a little too close for comfort, and he says, well, I didn't kill you, did I? The chances of him having never killed an innocent person is impossible given his methods, so to speak. So here we go. Here's Karen's first interaction. And Karen becomes a true character with him, and he gets rehumanized because of her. Boom. Here we go. Right. He's shooting in the middle of all these nurses. I guess he has that good of an aim, and he knows what the guy looks like. But bullets can bounce all over the fucking place. This is, this is dramatic license, guys. If you want the logic of this Punisher never killing civilians, right here, what's coming up, doesn't make any sense other than setting him up as, you know... Be- being uh, uh, not just an anti-hero but a horrible evil bad guy because Karen sh- should be dead or almost dead based on uh, based on all this I think shut up shut up shut up <laughs> yeah yeah he's dead here we go this is not good he gets blowed in the car I think doesn't he and Karen somehow survives. I guess he assumes that Karen's an accomplice and thus guilty by association. Yep. There it is. There you have it, folks. Here it comes. It's coming. And... Oh, boom. Red, red, red is in action, baby. He heard the gunfire. Man, the scene with them on the roof coming up, and they're just in their moral discussion. It's one of the best parts of any of the Netflix shows, and sets up thematically and dramatically some of the best parts of the Punisher series. But on repeat watchings, the Punisher, 
doesn't steal the doesn't steal for me the show as much as it seemed like the first time, and it's partially because Electra and the other characters gr- grow more and more. Does he say stay down, kid? And now he just he's not going to kill him. He's not going to kill him. He knows this guy's not a bad guy. Oh, what a jump! Boom! Eat your heart out, Batman. Is this still Castle? I can't even see what's going on. It's too, it's too bright in my my studio right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's important that Castle can beat the shit out of, pe- of someone like Daredevil by hand. Oh man, does it, when we when we learn what Castle, ooh, coward with the guns, bang! Oh, he shoots him. He shoots him, but he knows there's armor involved, which I think is the reason we do it. Oh, what a great ending! Oh yeah, baby. Okay, okay, great ending. I think we learned that. He shoots him because he can tell it's armor, and he shoots him in a place where it's going to bounce off the armor, and it's a small gun. Great opening episode. Um, I'm recording this literally Friday, October 19th. I'm going to release this immediately. I don't know how long it's going to take you to get through this series, and I'm going to be watching Daredevil Season 3 as I'm doing the commentary for Season 2. So it'll be a little meta-analysis between the series. So thank you guys so much for joining me and getting on board the next uh, Bizzle uh, commentary adventure with Daredevil Season Season two, man, I'm loving this Netflix stuff. So thanks again, guys. Y'all have been awesome. I have been the Bizzle. May the force be with you. We'll be coming at you soon. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out.